0: Matthew 24, verse 36, would you please stand for the reading of the word of the Lord? But of that day and hour knoweth no man, know not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. For as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. I'm going to stop right there. Let's go to Genesis chapter 6. Let's begin with verse 5. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing in the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I have made them." You may be seated. We have to realize and understand that Jesus himself is comparing the day that we live in to the day of Noah. It is a time of wickedness. The Wickedness of man is getting greater and greater. And uh, I want us to remember, and if we believe this, I mean, if we truly believe what is coming, we would have an urgency and a desire to do more than we're doing. And I say we. As, as we realize there's a, there's a storm coming, there's a flood coming. In our lives that we live in, there's a storm coming. I believe the Lord can come back any time as we just read in Matthew. We don't know the hour or the day yes. that God is going to call his church home. And when he calls the church home, there's going to be a great storm, a storm like no man has ever seen called the tribulation. There's going to be millions of people killed. There's going to, it's going to be a time as man cannot compare to. And we can take comfort because we know. We, and if you don't know, you should know. So if you don't know, you need to find out why you don't know, amen? That you're going to heaven. That when the rapture comes, that you are going with with the Lord. But we have to remember this great storm that is coming. And of course, when a great storm comes here, when you you know a tornado is coming, of course, they try to predict exactly what day, what hour, even minute, what kind of, uh, how severe it is, what category, five or two or three or whatever. And, and, and they're getting to where they can do that more and more because of their mentality. And so we prepare for that. Sometimes we'll board up windows or, or, or hide or sometimes go into storm shelters. Sometimes we just have to get out of town. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But one way or another, we try to prepare for that storm that's coming. Well, I'm here to tell you now that the church needs to prepare for the storm that is coming. Amen. And the way we prepare, we don't board up the windows. We don't close the doors. We don't put a fence around the building. We open it up, amen, and proclaim the word of God. But it's got to be within us. That's how we prepare. Because yes. there's only one way, yes. only one way, to be making safe through this storm, And that is Jesus Christ. Amen. I told you last week, we try to gain the victory. But Jesus is our victory. When you have Jesus, you have victory. And we look at the things of life, uh, the struggles financially, relationship struggles between husbands and wives and and parents and and children, brothers and sisters. We look at these things, the the situations that happen. They are always going to happen because of the sin that's in the world. Those are things that we must live through and overcome. When Jesus talks about suffering in the Word of God, He's talking about a suffering that happens in our lives because of our following the Word of God and being obedient to what He tells us to do. There is a difference. Am I making sense this morning? Yes. Are you seeing this? Yeah. So, so we realize that that when God promises He will always—let me put this in here real quick—He will always provide provision to get us to where God wants us to be. Always. So if you suffer times of without, it's just a test. Job suffered it. But the devil will use physical and natural circumstances to try to create doubt in us that God is God. Now we're going to look at Noah. The wonderful thing about Noah is that there was a lot of first with Noah. First of all, we read that uh, the word covenant was first used with Noah. Now we know that God made a covenant with Adam in three fifteen, but the word covenant was used here, and of course, this was after Noah come out of the ark. Let's look what it says here, chapter nine. Verse one, and God blessed Noah and, and, them, and multiply and replenish the earth, and the fear of you. Verse one, and God blessed Noah and his sons, and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fishes of the sea. And under your hand are they delivered. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, given as the green herb have I given you all things. Oh, my, my. And he he makes it plain. He's going to bless them. Verse 7 says, and you you be fruitful and multiply, bringing forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. And, And God is blessing Noah. Hallelujah. And this is a covenant. Of course, we know about the rainbow. there's a sign of that covenant that God would never flood the earth again. Hallelujah. So we see that this is the first time thing that it's used. Also, it's the first time the word grace is used in the word of God. <laughs> it's the first time a flood had ever come upon the earth. There was a lot of first in Noah. And I mention this because in your walk with God, there's going to be a lot of firsts in your life. I'm sure all all of us have already experienced first in our lives. Sometimes it seems like when you think about a flood, amen, having to build a boat to survive 40 days of rain, you know, that's maybe not a first you really are looking forward to. But because God decreed it, amen, it should be. Sometimes we have to realize and understand that God tells us things and puts us through things. Come on, listen to me. For the simple reason, that's the way God wants it done. Not just for you, but for the world around you. Hallelujah. So we realize there's some first two. Noah is the first one that found grace in those actual wording in the Word of God. Verse 8 of chapter 6 of Genesis says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Hallelujah. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh and corrupted his way upon the earth. So we realize that Hallelujah. That Noah found grace. Yes. Noah, despite everything else that was going on, and we know the story. We know that the only ones that ended up entering the ark was Noah and his three sons and, and the wives. Eight people. Plus two, two of the animals. Of course, seven of the clean. I'm seven of the clean. No matter what is happening in your life, in my life, We must have an understanding that we should always walk with God no matter what is going on around us. Are you hearing me? Noah found grace despite all of the things going on. He didn't water it down. It says in the Bible that he was a preacher of righteousness. (coughs) Right standing with God. I've been watching a lot of Studying a lot on the revivals of the past. Azusa uh, Street, uh, the Wales revival of 19- 1904 with Evan Roberts. And I find one thing that, that these the men, it didn't matter who they were. Evan Roberts left college because the call of God was so strong on him to begin the revival that started it. That he couldn't study. William Seymour of Azusa Street was the son of a a slave. He ended up going to Los Angeles to pastor a church of eight families. He preached one message about uh, uh, Acts 2-4 and they threw him out. Unfortunately, he had met somebody that brought him into their house. And Azusa Street revival was in a Old building with a dirt floor. You see, we have a tendency to look on what we must do, what we must have. And that's not what it's about. It's about what Jesus is and what he has and what he wants. And when we get that right, it doesn't matter about what's going on around us. We will find grace in the eyes of God. Yes. Yes, he found grace. He found grace. He walked with God despite what was going on. Let's, I, I want to read 1 Peter 3 and 20 to you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 1 Peter 3 and 20 says that. Would sometimes were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing. For in a few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. You are so important to God. Listen to me. You are so important to God that he puts everything off until you are ready. It took Noah a hundred years to build the ark. And that 120 that people talk about, that doesn't even concern the ark if you really study it out, Okay. It says there was 500 when he started and 600 when the flood came. But the thing we must see, the thing that we must see is that God is long-suffering towards his people. For a hundred years, Noah preached to these people. He built on that ark. And and God gives them all this time. God had already made this judgment. But they still had a hundred years to listen to the Word of God and make a choice and a decision on whether to believe it or not. Yes, amen. Yes. So we realize that despite everything that was around him, despite all the iniquity, that Noah was faithful and obedient to what God had to say. We also realize that God built the first recorded altar in the Bible. We realize that Noah weren't his neighbors, according to 1 Peter 2 and 5. And if you want to talk about neighbors, read Ezekiel 33, 1 through 20 about the watchman on the wall. That's what we're to be, watchmen. And as we realize that that Noah was all of these things, and and God is long-suffering, and God found grace, for the people that were evil and wicked, he repented God that man was even made. I say again, if we truly believe that God is telling the truth when he says there's a tribulation coming to this world, that there is a hell that is eternal torment for those that are lost. If we truly believe that, and if we have any of the love of God in our hearts at all, we will be as Noah. We talk about wanting the Holy Spirit, and we think about the Spirit part, but don't forget the Holy part. So we see that Noah was obedient even though the task was difficult. In Genesis 6, 14 through 21, we see where he went through all the building of the ark. Church, I'm here to tell you now that when God tells us to do something, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It's not going to be simple or plain. There's going to be... I think we miss one of the most important essentials, one of the most important essentials in our walk with the Lord, and that is self-denial. It is self-denial. We must be willing to put, empty ourselves totally of all our personal <laughs> desires, wants, and needs, that we may be full of the Spirit of God, don't get me wrong. We, God, we will, we will enjoy life more on this earth that way than we will before. Look at Paul. Paul, before he got saved, before in that experience on the road to Damascus, he was a Pharisee. But he makes it very plain that despite all that he had before he got saved, his life after he got saved was far greater far more peaceful, far more joyous, despite the suffering that he had to go through because of Jesus Christ, amen, it was greater for him before than it was, after than it was before. Does that make sense? Yes. What are you willing to give up? Maybe the better question is, what are you not willing to give up? And Noah was willing to go out and preach it to his neighbors and tell everyone. There's a flood coming. There's a flood coming. The only way is to, is to get right with God so that you can come into the ark. Oh, my. And he preached it for a 100 years. We speak to somebody a few times and get discouraged. And I don't mean to be, beat you today, but I, this is just so strong in me this morning. I want more from church than just coming and seeing your beautiful faces amen, and hearing your wonderful voices and telling, hearing about your experiences the past week. I want something to happen that is from above. I don't want to be touched emotionally. I want to be touched spiritually. I want something to happen that's from God himself. But we must be willing to do it God's way. Who would have ever dreamed that he would think about a boat, Mark, the way he did? I'm sure Noah was flabbergasted. Never seen a flood before. There's one thing we must realize: that Noah, by faith, worked out his salvation. By faith he worked out his salvation. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Yes, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure do all things without murmuring and disputing that you may be blameless harmless the sons of god without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights to the world i'll say one thing about lights this morning Is there something in your life that's putting a shade over the light? Because whatever it is that's shading the light of the Holy Spirit in you to those around you is the very thing that they need. We wonder why our families and why those people around us are not coming. And I know that not everyone will yield to the gospel. But a lot of times it's our own personal witness to those around us that are holding them back and making them doubt if the spirit of God is really in us or not. so they work out we know that James in chapter 2 verse 20 says faith without works is dead you see there is labor in this thing Noah found grace In the eyes of God. He walked with God. And because of that, he was chosen to build an ark to save him and his family and whosoever believeth in all of God's creation. But God didn't send angels down to build it for him. Noah had to work out his salvation, didn't he? I know, saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. You only get to to salvation because of Jesus Christ. He paid the price. But once you're saved, and once you you got saved because you believed, and you acted, Jesus worked out your salvation when He was on earth. Did you know that? And you believe that. Now he is asking us, in the grace that he has given our lives, he gives us grace. Noah found grace to be saved from the flood that was to come. We found grace to be saved from the tribulation that is to come in hell eternal. But from the time that God comes until from the time you get saved until that time, you're going to have to do something for God because your faith will die if it does not. Faith that works is dead. And Noah certainly worked out his salvation, didn't he? Aren't you glad God is long suffering with us? Now I'm sure if Noah had his options. He would not have chosen to do it that way. In the life that we live, we are so full of doing it our way that we can't hear God when he says to do it another way. Or we ignore him totally. Are you hearing me? I I heard someone say, I don't... I have no idea. remember how it is. But until you are willing to give it everything to God, your character, who you are, what you are, everything. Put it this way. If you take a jar and fill it full of rocks, you might be able to get a little sand around it and fill it up completely. But you can't get nothing else in it because it's completely full. And sometimes we full of it, amen, and it's not the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> See, I, I, I'm not trying to be hard this morning. This is so strong within me. And I guess I'm preaching to myself more than I am anybody else. Those, those people, I'm sure that Noah had friends and probably other relation out there that he, he so much wanted to give himself. But also the book of Ezekiel says that Noah and Daniel, and I forget the other one, says they had to take care of their own salvation and their own righteousness. And their children had to take care of their own. But unless we show them what it is, what it really is, they're going to be wrong. They said about William Seymour, the, the man that preached the message and started the revival of Azusa Street, that he was the humblest, most meekest man that they had ever met. Uh oh. Maybe the doors don't sound being too harsh this morning. <laughs> Is, uh, just do the thing on the side, baby. Devil, you're a liar. And Noah found verse and he worked out his salvation. He worked his faith out. Are we doing what we really believe? And if what we're doing is what we believe, is that pleasing to God? That's what we need to ask ourselves. And I say, I believe with all my heart, if we know, if we know, we should know, put it that way, we should know whether we are going to heaven or not. We should know that. We should have an assurance from the Holy Spirit that we are going to heaven. And if there's something in us that is causing us to be fearful that we're not, we need to give that to God. No matter who tells you it's okay, and no matter what kind of excuses. And you know, a lot of times we can find excuses for what we're doing in the Word of God. Did you know that? If you misinterpret it right. Oh my. Anyway, let's go on. Do you love me? Do you love us? We love you. (laughs) time for the flood to happen. In chapter 7, verse 16, it says that God shut the door. Actually, it says, but well, let me read it to you. Go back here, because it's kind of because it shows the Trinity a little bit. Chapter 7, verse 16. Genesis chapter 7, verse 16. And they went in and went in male and female, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. The Lord shut the door. The Lord shut the door. Aren't you thankful that the Lord wants to shut the door of our life? To keep all that wicked and evilness out. He wants to shut the door so that, so that you, won't have, well, you won't be in this sin and strife. He shuts the door, amen, so that you can be in the rapture. Hallelujah. When you go in the rapture, amen, it's the same thing as him shutting the door to the ark. Hallelujah. Because, go to Romans chapter 8. Thank you, Lord. The ark was their place of protection. It's where God said for them to go. That's what God told them to build. Does that make sense? That's what God told them to build. So that they could be safe from the judgment that was coming. Hallelujah. Now where do we go to be safe from the judgment that is coming? Where do we go? Where do we go? Romans chapter 8. There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Yes. Noah was free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. When he stepped into the ark. Hallelujah. Now we, now it's temporary. Temporary. But now we can step, we can come into Jesus, hallelujah, and let him baptize us in the Holy Ghost, amen, and we are free from the law of sin and death. We have no more condemnation because we're in Christ Jesus. According to Revelation, he's standing at the door and knocking. Where else would we want to go? Where else would we want to go? When David was facing the giant, or getting ready to face the giant, and his brothers were giving him a hard time, he said, is there not a cost? I think we should ask ourselves that question this morning. Is there not a cause? I believe if there are I land, a cause. I don't want anyone to miss heaven. I don't want anyone to have to go through the tribulation. And I don't want the Lord to look at me Say you were a watchman, but you wasn't looking, or you seen, and didn't tell. Noah found grace. If you're saved, you found grace. You should be in Christ Jesus. The flood waters of sin the perversion and the things of the devil and the things of the flesh that's going on in this world. We should be shut in from. It's not legalism. It's because we love him. We love him mean we love Jesus. We love him. You know a thing that scares me the most, most of us in this church this morning have been serving the Lord for a long time, except for the children, have been serving the Lord for a long time. To where it's become they run like a wagon wheel. that runs the same place on the road all day. I've repented, I guess, 20 times this week. I'm gonna be honest. I said, this message is more for me than for you. I can remember when I first started. I didn't care anything about watching TV. I wanted to just read the Word. I wanted to read the Word. I didn't want to read anybody's commentary. I just wanted to read the Word. And I wanted to pray. Do you know in those revival meetings, they'd start in the morning, and they'd go sometimes to the next morning? They didn't have any special singers called. They didn't even have a special speaker set up. It was all orchestrated by the Holy Ghost. And sometimes they would just pray for hours in the the church service itself. Just pray for hours. I can remember when I first started serving the Lord, I was so zealous. I read the Bible so much that the people my family fuss us, you, you talk like King James, I, I start saying thee and thou. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. And all I wanted when I got up to preach in any church. Was to see somebody come to that altar and get saved. And I'd drive no matter how far, no matter what kind of weather, no matter what was happening, because I promised God that when he opened the door, I'd go through it no matter what. And just to show you how, what's been going on with me is that I try to figure out how to do things on my own. You know what I mean? Yes. What to preach and the way to preach it. And if I, if, if I go into, if used to, if I go into a revival service and have an awesome first night. And the first prayer of the prayer was, God, what am I going to do now? Because I couldn't see any way that it could be any better. And God just told me, he said, it wasn't you that did it to begin with. We are so self-focused. We are so self-focused. That we are in the hands of God from working in our lives and in the lives of people around us. And just because I'm an old man now instead of a young man, the fire still burns as great. The devil tells me I'm not able to do. But if it takes every breath that I got, I'm going to do it. And God's wanting people to do. Remember the kids up here. One, one made a difference of a million. You can make a difference. Noah made a difference. Because he walked with God. And he shared it for a hundred years. And he never quit sharing it until the door was shut. And then the people wanted to come in. I want to read you. I believe it's in First Peter. thank you Jesus thank you Jesus yes first Peter chapter 4 Be low, think it not strange concerning the fire trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye shall be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us... What shall the end of them be that obey not the gospel of God? For if if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing. As a faithful creator. When you become a Christian, when you become a Christian, you are putting on the armor of God, or you better be, because you're in the war, whether you put on the armor or not. Are you shut inside of Jesus? Are you one with him? Is he one with you? A lot of people think, well, Jesus loves me. He always shows mercy and he shows grace. If you're walking in sin day after day after day, let's say for one year, 365 days, he showed you grace and mercy and love for 365 days to still be dealing with you over that sin. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And then you die. Your grace and your mercy and your love ends if you did not receive it while you were breathing? Are you hearing me? And if that happens, then you are lost. And it's not God's fault. It's not his fault. Because he spent all the time. I'm just using that as an illustration. Because unfortunately, if, if you're like me, it was far longer than a year that I had to walk in his mercy. Who we'll finally realized I was kind of broken before. Him. This morning, I want us to examine ourselves. How strong is our belief? Is God leading our lives? Is he truly leading our lives? Are we walking with him? Are we walking with him? Because there's going to come a day when the trumpet's going to blow and he's going to come to his church. And those that are not ready will be left behind. And they will face seven years of the worst times that's ever been on this earth. And there will be people saved in tribulation. But the price they pay will be great. What is holding you back? What is it that's really holding back what God really wants to do in you. What is it that the devil has tricked you into convincing, he's convinced you to believe a lie? That there's, that you just can't do it. That you tried and you just can't. What is it that he's, he's tricked you into believing? That is the reason why that you have no other, no further to go. Nothing else to do. What lie has he told you that you're not capable of having a thirst in your life to overcome something impossible? You see, no believes God and he built an ark. God told him exactly how to build it. He supplied everything that he needed to build it. So it was all of God. But it was done through Noah as he worked out his own salvation and faith. I want to work. You know, I used to, I was a sports fanatic. I played ball 365 days a year. I shoveled snow when I was a kid to play basketball in Indiana. We played independent leagues. We traveled all over the nation playing softball and basketball. It was my God. But when I gave my heart to the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to serve you more than I want at the play ball. I still like to watch. But it ain't nothing no more. What is holding you back? I'm not talking about your salvation here necessarily, although it could end up being that. But what is holding you back? What is that fear, that doubt that the enemy has convinced you to believe that you can't do it? Because we need to be a church of doers. We need to be a church of doers. Hallelujah. I hate to keep bringing it up, but Azusa Street, they didn't even have music. I got to thinking about that when they talking about how loud the keyboard was or wasn't and so on and so forth. They just sang. And a six-year-old boy I said walked into the service with his mother. She was a Catholic, a devout Catholic. This is a six-year-old boy told talking after. And said he he's sitting there and all of a sudden he, he walked in and said the hair on, on his arms just started standing up on end. And he was so, it was all blue. He said that there was something in the air, just electric. And he said they went up and sat down, and and, and he was sitting there, and just the hair was on end. And he said he looked around, and there was a bunch of kids in there. But none of them, none of them was out of place. They were doing as these kids, just sitting. Women were holding babies, and the babies never cried because the Spirit had control of the service and said that six-year-old little boy was watching that, they started singing songs just instantaneously. It wasn't announced, there wasn't no song, they just started singing. And everybody started singing, as soon as the singing started, he said, the spirit fell. He said, everybody stood up and raised their arms while they were singing the to God. And he said, I, I, I didn't even know, but my arms were raised too. And I know I didn't raise them myself, this is a six-year-old boy. They said, they got done singing, and the power of God fell upon him. He didn't say it that way, but he said a big black man with a slick head, is what he said. Stood up and started speaking in tongues. And when this man started speaking in tongues, there was a woman on the other side of the church. Got up and screamed, I can see, I can see, I can see. God had healed her blindness. I'm actually preaching in two messages and one, forgive me. They said they had people in, up overhead. They had departments overhead. And the prayer, the intercessory prayers, and when, before the preaching started, they would come down and said, one woman stag back and as she started down the steps, she broke out in tongues. And as she was speaking in tongues, a Jewish man, she didn't know he was a Jew, but a man come up the steps And she pointed at him and kept speaking in tongues. The man started weeping and grabbed her by the arm and took her down in front of the church. And he says, I'm a Jew. And said, I come to this place to discredit you and prove to you that Christ wasn't the Messiah. But he said, when I started up the steps, this woman was speaking in tongues. You were speaking in Hebrew. She told me my name, how old I was, and where I was from and what I was here for. He fell on his knees and started weeping and gave his heart to the Lord and got baptized in the Holy Those are stories that are true. They're not made up. They're not made up. There's so much more that has happened throughout history. I don't know if Leon remembers it or not, but... We had a revival here, and there's a man who walked down this aisle right here on Walker. He was from Perry Paul's church. When he come down, we grabbed his walker and threw it over there. Do you remember that? Didn't lay hands on him or nothing. And that man screamed out, I don't hurt! I don't hurt no more! Right here. Oh, church, let us come back. To God. God hasn't left us. God's waiting on us to embrace Him again. God's waiting on us to love Him enough to give ourselves to Him and yield to Him, to talk to Him, to be in His presence. The sacrifice of very lives, as it must be. And what this stinking world does doesn't matter a lick. Because you can still find grace in the sight of God.